0: You just think of us as finback whales and you think of yourselves as norwegian whalers and you'll feel that compassion that one can only feel in the middle of the hunt that one
1: moment
2: you want some sexy you want to laugh licensed to talk <laughs> licensed to talk is sponsored by Goodspeed beverage center 2202 seneca street they got seltzers heavy beers anything you need Stop by, quench your thirst at Goodspeed's Beverage Center. First in Buffalo. Fireman owned and operated, 391 Abbott Road. Custom t-shirts, custom hats, custom apparel. Get your custom gear. First in Buffalo. Mr. Submarine, 1977 South Park Avenue. Serving South Buffalo since 1963. Lowest prices in town. Try the ham sub, tell them license to talk sent you. Bottle Rocket Beer Reserve, 2182 Seneca Street. Check them out, they always got great exciting things going over uh, at the Rocket. The Rocket is stocked and ready to rock. Bottle Rocket Beer Reserve. Vinyl Vibes, check them out on the gram at Vinyl Vibes Buffalo. Vinyl stickers, decals, and custom designs. Dog Ears Bookstore, 688 Abbott Road. Why get your coffee from Timmy when you can get it from Tommy. Charlie's Boatyard, 1111 Furman Boulevard. Great fish fries. Check them out for the Bills game at Charlie's Boatyard. Delicious drinks, and you can see a nice uh, sunset over there. Mental health month, so License to talk, wanted to get a conversation going. We had two brilliant guys, we had them on the couch for a change. Dr. David Pratt, New York State licensed psychologist, PhD, and Scott G who's a social worker, works on self-esteem, anger management, two bright guys. We we're happy to have him on. Don't be afraid to talk to somebody, folks. Get out there, like we say in the episode, you can always dust yourself off, but you're gonna need to talk to somebody. So we thought we'd get the conversation started on places you can go and talk to. These guys were great. Uh, check them out at Western New York Psychotherapy Services. Dr. David Pratt and Scott G. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, Marky, episode 67. We are joined by Dr. David Pratt, a New York State licensed psychologist, PhD, and Scott G., a social worker who concentrates on self esteem, OCD, anger management, anxiety, and now works in couples. Guys, welcome to License to Talk.
0: Thank you. It's nice to be here.
2: Okay, guys, it, 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 it's almost like it's the depression season now. It, we've always said when football starts, it's in school starts. It's a whole different world. Then than, we pack on nine eleven. You it, know, it,
3: like this is how we start our year every year. You and, know?
2: Then, and now you have the COVID. So we thought we would talk to some mental health experts. You guys are my my mental health experts now. So why don't we start, David, uh, Doctor David Pratt? Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us where you've been and where you're going?
0: Well, I'm a psychologist, and I've been practicing for forty plus years. Um, I do um, majority of my work with kids. Um, um, I really like kids, you know, and, um, so, um, kind of try to help kids, you know, with their mental health issues. I work a lot with, uh, depressed kids, kids with, uh, anxiety, uh, kids with trauma, and unfortunately kids who, um, um, are thinking about suicide or have even tried to commit suicide, Mm -hmm. um, so, that's what I do.
2: Yeah, and he's also a Delaware Daisy Canisius high school graduate. I got to throw that in there.
0: Now. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you an elbow back. <laughs> <laughs> at no, some we, point. we were
2: talking earlier, and David said it. the, the timing guys helped him become tougher. That's playing, right. That's Playing right. that cheap I, ball. I, I came
0: down here, and it was always it was always a good time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, thanks for thanks for stopping by, Dave.
2: Yeah. And then Scott, Scott, tell us a little
1: about yourself. I've been doing social work probably for about 30 years, uh, licensed for the last 25. Um, I uh, <laughs> I work primarily with adults. I studied uh, families in grad school and uh, uh, worked with children um, when I first got out, but became frustrated because the clinic where I was working, uh, it was It was frowned upon to bring parents in Hmm. Um, there were there were a lot of uh, a lot of issues uh, within the clinic Um, and I took a job with another corporation where I was working with adults and and uh, felt like I was a lot more successful with that and and I also work with uh, with families, um, a lot of the people I see are parents or step parents who are having issues with children, um, and I work with adolescents who are age sixteen and up as well. So, social
3: work—you see a lot. It's it's every scenario. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, probably not any more so than what uh, yeah. Dave works with. Um, we it's
0: virtually do the same kind of work. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a different focus uh, in, in the education. Um, I let Dave speak for himself, but social work, we're looking more at interpersonal and also the uh, environmental factors. And I, I know Dave also looks at those things, but uh, the, the focus from what I understand in, in psychology is more interpersonal. Well, let's just get right down to it. Mental illness. I
2: know there's a lot of causes of mental illness. What is one sign that somebody is mentally
3: ill? We'll say as a youngster, yeah, like nipping it in the bud. We we're yeah. saying
0: like, the well, there's there's many signs uh, for young kids, um, and because there can be many different uh, conditions, mental health conditions. There's sure. depression. There's anxiety, um, and those are called. Uh, internalizing disorders because when you're depressed or anxious you usually don't see it exhibited in, in disruptive behavior. You know, the depressed anxious kid isn't the kid who's flipping the desk usually in school, you know, or getting in fights. They have what we call internalizing disorders. When you're depressed or anxious you kind of hold it in and you also Almost, take it out on yourself. People who have depression or anxiety are called intropunitive, meaning they're kind of punished themselves. So if you got a depressed or anxious kid, you don't see a lot of blatant signs of that. What you might see is more kind of withdrawal, okay? You might see the kid get more quiet, more subdued, sleep problems. OK, um, an anxious person puts their head on the pillow and they don't usually fall asleep very well because mm-hmm. their brain is, is racing with all these anxious thoughts. So sleep problems, withdrawal, OK, uh, would be signs of internalizing problems, anxiety, depression. If you've got then there's another kid who's got externalizing problems and, and those are. Uh, fall under the the category of uh, oppositional defiant disorder or conduct disorder. And the oppositional defiant kid is the kid who's disobedient uh, with the parents, having a lot of arguments with the parents. They resent authority figures, so they'd probably have problems at school with authority figures too, get into discipline problems. Uh, so that's the kid who's going to show up at the principal's office. That's the kid who's going to get thrown out of class. And so those would be signs of a mental health problem or a kid with a conduct disorder. That's like a, a delinquent kind of kid who's not just, you know, not following rules at home and school, but they're, they're, they're doing illegal things in the community. They might are they
2: be... crying out when they do that.
0: Well, they do that naturally. <laughs>
1: it's just—it's natural,
0: yeah. Yeah, that—that's who they are. They're—they're they're kind of antisocial kids, uh, so they get into fights. They rob, you know. That's not necessarily a cry for help, but that's a sign that that kids needs help. But the the kids who have conduct disorder and oppositional defiant disorder, they don't make cry for help because they don't think they've got a problem. The only problem they got is other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. And right. then
2: you look at it, Scott, you're getting some of the parents saying, Please help me, I don't know what to do with these kids. What do
1: you tell what do you tell the adults when it comes to this part? Uh oftentimes, um, I trying to differentiate between what's normal adolescent behavior and and right. what is truly oppositional behavior. Um, part of growing up is figuring out who I am not who my parents want me to be. And so there's a lot of conflict um, in cases where there are families that have split. Um, and uh, I, I love the term blended marriage because it, it makes it sound so wonderful that yours, mine and ours scenario where you and your kids and me and my kids get together and we just have a wonderful time. It's yeah. it, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe there are a few exceptions. I wouldn't see them though. <laughs> yeah, it ain't the Brady bunch all yeah. the time. Yeah, um, but uh, a lot of times, uh, parents uh, become so concerned about control and 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 their children talking back and not following um, household rules, uh, and and it can happen. Um, really because of, of their anxiety as opposed to the, the child's behavior. Right. Um, like they just can't handle it. So they think you're going to fix... That's right. Where yeah. you're
3: saying that it might not be a mental, it might just be like an internal... Like, I, my, I, my daughter, she will be good for everybody else. But for me, you know, it's a little bit more difficult, you know? Yeah, and puts me through the gamut, you know?
1: That's actually... I. I tell people that's a sign of good parenting that <laughs> there you they're, mark, they're secure enough with you <laughs> that uh, that they can act out and they can they can have a bad day. Mm-hmm. Um, but with other people, they're golden. i I have six children myself, so i've I've experienced uh, a, a lot of that adolescent rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I'm just glad they're beyond that stage now yeah. and, and, and independent.
2: Well, when they, when they start young, and this is something I've always thought, you need eight hours. A, a kid needs eight hours of sleep, rest, they always say for a kid. Why do we start school so early? And then if you look, what happens after school? All, the, all these problems where they, they get into trouble are between three and six when nobody's home.
0: Am I crazy for thinking that way,
2: or, or what do you think, Doc?
0: Well, um kids need at least eight hours and younger kids a little bit more. Um, and uh, kids who are juniors and seniors in high school, they don't want to be they don't want to go to bed at eleven o'clock. No, you know, but if you got to get up at six, I mean, that's not even eight hours. And so, but um you you want to get those kids to bed. I mean, sleep is essential, you know, for your brain to recover and to be on your toes the next day. Now, why does school end at three? I I have no idea (laughs) other than it it creates an opportunity for extracurricular activities, which is really, really important. And um, when I was growing up, you know, there was no such thing as coming home at three o'clock. I mean, I, I can't remember ever doing that Uh, past the seventh grade you know sure Um, never probably one day in my life did I come home from high school at three o'clock you know unless the coach was mad at me and threw me out of practice (laughs) but so we want to have kids have some life beyond the academics of school um, and extracurriculars can happen after school for a couple hours and that enriches the kid obviously like, do you
3: notice over time, like, you you guys have experience, like, that the problems changed with, like, like communication completely? Like, now kids sometimes don't have to really communicate with anybody.
0: I mean, are you getting into, like, social media kinds of, yeah, of sort of, Yeah, right. Or just, like, you don't have to go to the bank
3: anymore. You know, yeah. like, you don't have to go and yeah. get a stamp and an envelope and mail something. It's like... yeah. You're just tip, I'm, tip, I'm not tip. so
0: sure i'm I'm that concerned about it from that perspective is um the the research on impacts of social media with kids is is quite mixed, and you don't want to you know jump into the position necessarily that social media is is necessarily bad for kids. There's some kids who have um compromised situations and don't have many really good opportunities for social mingling you you can have a kid who who is a kid who doesn't have much of a social life. They come home at 3 o'clock, and their parents are working. There's nobody around, uh, and they don't have an opportunity for socialization. You get a kid who lives in a very rural situation. It's very hard to, to hook up socially. You get a kid who's got some sort of autism spectrum issues, and they don't fit into groups real well and so social media can serve a positive social function for a fair chunk of kids and we got to be mindful of that and the american academy of pediatrics uh has stopped uh putting limits on social media they used to say only an hour a day or something like that but now because the research shows there's, there's certain benefits for some kids, we have to be careful about just assuming negative effects of social media. There can be positive impacts. That's why we called media. you, Doc. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's
2: interesting. But the one thing, and t- I, I keep hearing social media anxiety, uh, Scott, when since the invention of the like has come around, it is, and I and I agree with what you say, Doctor. But that like has hurt, and a lot of anxiety about social media because they don't feel like they're liked as well. So there's that part of the spectrum
1: too, isn't it? Yeah, it uh, it, it does open up another avenue for bullying and for rejection. But I tend to agree with Dave that it uh, that there are a lot of positives. Um. And when I'm working with families, uh, parents who, you know, really want to take a hard line and this is terrible, and they should only have 45 minutes a day, and I'm cutting off the power and getting rid of the Wi-Fi, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that that they're probably shooting themselves in the foot, um, uh, taking away something that, that is. To some degree, beneficial for their for their child.
0: That's interesting. There are be. there are issues with it. I mean, there's there's two sides of, of every coin. So Definitely. there there could be some positives, uh, but I think kids are super sensitive. I mean, I find myself being super sensitive. You know, yeah. how many likes did I get? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're right. And I'm supposed to be grown up, right? Yeah. So um, imagine you know a twelve year old, you know, trying to to filter and and digest that. And, and that gets to really important stuff about depression and anxiety, because uh, one way of looking at depression and anxiety is, is, is how people interpret things in their life. So when you bring up, I get a likes or I don't get likes, you have to put meaning on that, right? Mm-hmm. And the meaning you were suggesting was a negative meaning if I don't get it, and a positive meaning if I do get it. And so if you have a vulnerability to depression, what, what that does is in your brain, it makes you, uh, think it makes you interpret things in more negative ways is what depression does. Okay. And anxiety. So the like or no, like is a trigger can be a trigger and breed anxiety and depression for sure. So you're, you're onto something with that, that that's another, um, kind of signal in the social world that kids got to interpret and it can some kids because of their mindset is more depression or anxiety oriented are, are more vulnerable to that
2: I, I try to put myself in in the world's shoes of what's going on now dip my toes in it and then put my shoes back on you know what <laughs> Yeah. but there's new age bullying and now there's new age acceptance with the likes and stuff like that and the the bully does not take your lunch money anymore, it seems to me. That bully does not meet you at the flagpole to kick the shit out of you. That bully's online a lot now. And I think a lot of kids think too much about what they are accepted about some idiot in uh, Iowa says about them. Absolutely. Yeah. I, instead right. of be a better person in your community and then everybody will like you. Yeah, you know we grew I'm up saying?
3: in the era of uh, street hockey. Right. It was... You know, it, everything was very f- physical. It was just right. like, well, you said that, now we're gonna fight. You know, and I don't. I mean, I don't know what's worse. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, what like, what is worse? I mean, that, it was the these best of that... times. It was the worst of right. times. Right. You could read that. You yeah. could read a tale of two cities, and you'd be like, yeah, it's just like now.
0: Well, <laughs> is is every generation has um, uh, a, an iteration of bullying? Is what you're saying? Yeah. Every Generation has an iteration of social media. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, I grew up in Kenmore next door to Kenmore library and my dad made a rule, no TV on a school night. Okay. And because the issue was not obviously computers and social, I mean, in the sixties it was the advent of TV. Yeah. And so there's just a different iteration of, of the same issue is my dad had to put limits on the TV and he'd say, there's a library. So I had to go to school, not knowing what happened on the Beverly Hillbillies, and I had to kind of fake it, you know. Oh yeah. But you know, I I read uh, you know the history of the Civil War. <laughs> so, yeah. So. <laughs> well, it seemed like it worked, Doc. <laughs> uh, well, Scott, what's the
2: next? What's the next thing we're gonna? What is this gonna evolve into?
3: <laughs>
1: Boy, if if I do that, I I'd you be yeah, we won't be sending <laughs> dog here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, what are you afraid of? I should say.
3: Oh, I'll give you That's, something. I think I'm afraid of is that you know if you give somebody success in these ways of social media or whatever, it's like will those people ever come down off it and get a job? Had that not worked out, or is that like a cliff of depression itself? Like when you're not popular anymore, or nobody's watching your videos anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's, these people don't, uh, won't, they won't get a regular job. Like, you know what I mean?
1: That's, that's an interesting thought. And I, I do see a fair number of young adults um, who really have an addiction to video gaming and uh, uh, pornography that they are watching online. And it is getting in the way of, of them being productive in their lives.
3: Yeah. Like back in the day it was you got married. <laughs> you know? And
1: now it's like it's, I don't feel like it's that way anymore, you know? Yeah, I can live in mom and dad's basement and I don't have to do much.
2: And then you're a YouTuber. Yeah. Right. And I mean some of these people make tons of money. Well opening gifts. Yeah.
1: And and then we
3: were we were kind of talking about this before, like kids making like adult decisions before they're ready. Yeah, like we and I actually looked this up
2: female brain isn't fully developed till 22 years old and a male is 24 this is going from two years study done two years ago i don't know how it how relevant it is now but i see a lot of people like you said making grown-up decisions that aren't they're not grown up yet they haven't how are we to develop these children to be prepared you know what i'm trying to say
0: well, you're saying social media might might be a barrier to to their enrichment and their development. Maybe. Yeah, um, I don't know. You're asking a very broad question. Um, is I like to uh, to talk about the concept of resilience, um, and um, a growth mindset, uh, and kids. Um, you know, uh, we want them to to grow. We want them to uh, develop, right? Um, We want them to be resilient to natural challenges and extraordinary challenges. So I try to help kids be resilient, okay? Uh, We can't stop all the bullying. I mean, we should have anti-bullying programs, you know, but, you know, How long has bullying been around? (laughs) Oh, right, you're never gonna get rid of it. So, you know, while we wanna reduce bullying is, is you can't stop it probably, and so we have to have kids who are resilient, okay? Kids who can bounce back. And I talk to kids about having a growth mindset, and I'm not the only one. I mean, you listen to the Buffalo Bills coach. He's got a total growth mindset. It's all about how can we learn from our mistakes, uh, what can we do today to focus on to get better? Um, it's not about just achieving the goal. It's not just about getting into the top college. It's just not about passing your final exam. It's about what can I study tonight to get better at math? You know, that's the growth mindset. And we want kids to develop goals, okay? Okay. Um, and to work toward those goals and be able to persevere. So, actually, the research on social media is that the healthiest kids in, in high school um, do less than an hour of social media a day. That's because they're just so busy they don't have time for it. Right. They've got goals, okay? They've got enthusiasm. Uh, they've got perseverance. They've got resilience. And they're just charging through life. You know,
2: and when you see, you don't see a lot of people with those traits. So what we have to do is we gotta raise them with those traits, so that they they don't run into problems down the road.
0: Yeah, if 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 you've got a household and and parents who are enriched, number one, who are giving unconditional love to their kid, okay, it starts there, right? It starts yep. there. If you don't have a parent who is giving unconditional love to their kid. And that doesn't mean that whatever the kid does, that's okay. Right. You know, it just means the kid screws up. This kid still knows that they're loved. Okay. And the kid is validated. And so it starts with that and an attachment to the parent. And then the parent has to, you know, provide a lot of good role models. Now, that's not easy these days Mm. it's very it's it's hard to be a good role model when you're when you're working 50 hours you know and and you got two parents working um there's a lot of challenges but in in that healthy family that kid will will develop those goals and will it'll just just start to happen snowball it'll snowball yeah
2: now scott you see, everybody applies those skills. they're resilient and everything else. At what point you dust yourself off once? you dust yourself off again. How long before that dust doesn't rub off? You know what I'm trying to say? what what, what do people do then? They've, they've been resilient, they've been successful. They're kind of their life kind of looks like the Dow Jones. it's up and it's down. <laughs> and now they come to a point where I don't know if I can get back to where I should be. What is your advice for those people? I know it's deep. It's it's
1: that's a, that's a really tough question that, that I ask myself often. Uh, I'll, I'll read through someone's uh, application for services and they talk about the problems that they've, they've been dealing with in their lives. As well as the symptoms and for some people I'll see uh, just so many issues starting from a fairly young age and I, I put myself in their shoes and you know I would I would be in a fetal position in the closet mm-hmm. if I had to deal with the things that they have dealt with and more often than not when when I meet this person, I'm I'm impressed and I'm inspired at at, at how tough they really are and, and how they've been able to, to cope with with such difficult circumstances and and meeting obstacle after obstacle and, and having failures that they perceive that that they themselves are responsible for. Um and i i'm i'm glad that they're reaching out to yeah. talk to somebody and and that and that brings up at what
2: point should people start reaching out if they're depressed if they have thoughts to hurt themselves yeah cuz like you're like like saying
3: that. like usually there's a long record on people what if there isn't a record on somebody or they don't they just come to you you know they're coming to say hey i need this kind of help you know there's not always a, a huge long line, you know. Like the Irish, they say just, they'll just let it all go. It doesn't matter, you know. We'll never face our problem.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I think some of the uh, the 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 red flags that that you need help, at least in terms of along the lines of depression, and anxiety, which are the most common. Sure. You know, uh, mental health issues um, is if if you're not sleeping. Okay. Yeah, it goes back to well. sleep, right? Um. If you're lacking enthusiasm and joy in your life, okay, Uh, the technical term we have for that is anhedonia. If you have trouble having fun like you used to, okay, if your mood is persistently down, not just now and then, but almost every day, most of the day, if your mood is down, if you don't have energy, if you've lost a bounce in your step, okay? If you're constantly worrying, you know? If you're putting yourself down, you know, these are, are serious red flags for depression and anxiety. If you're withdrawing socially, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and certainly if somebody's having a thought of not wanting to live.
2: Yeah. You it's a secret of life, living,
0: right? Yeah, and overcoming hurdles. So, yeah. um, uh, if somebody's experiencing those symptoms, you know, for a persistent period of time, uh, not just now and then, but you know, because we all have rough days, but yeah, um, then then you should think about getting some help.
2: What's your advice, Scott? For Let's say there's a guy, I know somebody that seems depressed. What could you tell the buddy, the, the friend, to how to maybe help him or push him to guys like
1: you two? Um, I think being a friend who's a good listener can be something that's helpful. Uh, it Getting advice from someone who doesn't... Really understand your issues uh, falls short, but to to listen and to be empathetic, um, and uh, yes, let let them know that uh, that there are things that can be done that are helpful, and to seek seek counseling is one of those things. Um, to uh, invite them to uh, in, into your interests and your activities can be helpful.
2: Like, hey, let's go to a ball game. What are you doing? Let's go to the Bills game. Yeah, things like
3: that. Keep keep just keep them in the mix. Be a friend. Be a friend. Yep. Do, do you ever sometimes get people where you know it's not such like a mental thing, but like you're sometimes just teaching somebody gratitude. Did you ever have to, like, boil it down to something like that?
0: I, I emphasize gratitude a lot. Yeah. Um, it's not my first-line intervention with right. somebody yeah. who's depressed. <laughs> you, you have to work on other things. But um, once somebody's out of the pits of depression, you want to keep them from going backwards, right? So I think gratitude is a good resilience <clears throat> skill. And I, I encourage people, and I do this myself myself every night I put my head in the pillow and I say, what went well today?
2: Yeah. Oh, that's a good yeah.
0: You know? Because you put your head on the pillow and you can easily go to what got messed up today or what's gonna be messed up tomorrow, right? And that that's not a good way to go to sleep.
2: So you're saying when you put your head on a pillow, be positive and build on the positive things that happened I, happen I right
0: <laughs> purposely proactively train my brain to focus on what went well today. Yeah. And that's good And I've been doing that for a number of years. That's good. Yeah, I got to um, tell
3: myself to be grateful a lot of times a day. You know, it, like and, we are just – sometimes we just don't see the big right. picture where we right. have – we do have so much, you know. Well, when you're
0: depressed or anxious, you don't see you don't the, see the picture. Definitely, You don't see the picture accurately. You have a cognitive bias toward a negative interpretation. So a focus on teaching gratitude is to get your mind to shift from where the depression wants to take it to negative to something positive. And every, every meal I have with with my wife— uh, my kids are growing up now and out of the house, but with my wife or with friends, I'm um I'm not a institutionally religious person, but I I like to hold hands and say what I'm grateful for today. Right. So developing rituals of being positive and grateful and, and having that a ritual in your life, mm. research has shown that can train your brain to be more positive and resilient.
3: Do you deal with that with couples a lot?
1: You bet. Yeah, just life gets busy. Um, there's never enough time to do things the way that you want to do them, um, and and there. Uh, there's there's a lot of competition for the time that we'd like to spend with our families, for things that we we have to do. Um, and i think it's easy to you know we we get married i i think and and we get married thinking that this is what is going to make me happy this is what's going to make me complete it sounds corny but but if you if you listen to songs or go to the movies that's that's always the theme is that you know this this blissful union is is the end all. Um, the reality is is that it's the beginning of a lot of a lot of hassles and uh, opportunities for small disagreements. And if we don't really take time to to show appreciation and to to show our love for people, it's uh, it's easy for that to, to fade. Right.
3: And like of course people change. Like
1: I think that that's just something that happens, you know. Well, they change and also when we're courting, we we see what we want to see. We see <laughs> Yeah. we see this person is exactly what I need. We don't see them as the complete person they are full of their own faults yes. and <laughs> difficulties. Uh
3: and then sometimes i see like marriages like help so people so much you know some people who had been in trouble before and now they have that person that keeps them in line you know and then there's those people that never get married and you you see them you know in the bar every day or you know it's like you're like oh i wish that this could happen with this guy you know he just meets the right girl and that just happens that you know but it-
1: not every story is that way yeah uh, t- t- to be in a good marriage it can be something that is really promotes health, um, but it it requires that the person be an active partner in that marriage.
0: Men uh, who are married live longer than men who aren't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a proud caring member of the
3: "Do What the Heck You're Told" club, you know. <laughs> it's, it's not much, but there's a payoff for you for
0: that. Yeah, you? Right, yeah, right. right. You know, you have that social support. Uh, and so that,
2: in, in reading the last couple days, I've been hearing that a lot. Social
0: support. Social support is, is huge throughout life, but especially uh, in later years. You know, the predictors of good adjustment in later years are social support, physical health, and um, uh, financial stability and meaning. You know, that's for, for later in life. But we all need social support. Most of the kids I work with have real significant deficits in their social support network. Um, a lot of kids are anxious and they're socially anxious. So they really have a hard time in the cafeteria. They really, they don't have anybody to, to hang with. I've got kids who go to the library for lunch to avoid the social situations, and then they don't get social support and makes them more depressed.
2: Now, that brings up something that I, I used to coach hockey for 20 years. So I've seen the human teenager, I don't want to say evolve, but kind of go downhill. What happened? Because when I was a kid, or did I just not notice it and I was younger, it seems to me like there there wasn't so many problems. I was born in nineteen eighty.
0: Okay.
2: It doesn't. When I was growing up, it didn't seem like kids had all these problems. What happened, or am I just I didn't have my eyes open?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's maybe more of a sociological question. I know people say that all the time. Yeah, what are they putting in the milk now? Yeah, like even the peanut allergy. I didn't even know it was a thing until
3: I watched Freaks and Geeks (laughs) in 1999.
0: (laughs) And um, I don't know. Um, There are a lot of challenges throughout the history of mankind. Um, We are making life better, though. Um, And, I mean, our, our longevity is better than it was 100 years ago. Our... Our um, poverty levels are much less than they were hundred years ago. Our uh, literacy rates are much better than they were hundred years ago. So we are evolving in the right direction. So I, I don't know if, if if everything's going downhill. Well, I'm I,
3: I'm <laughs> looking
2: toward I'm looking
0: towards. Jim's it gonna com- get and
3: put his pet on his pillow later and <laughs> what we're doing right today. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm looking more like common sense. It seems like there was more common sense when I was a kid from mm-hmm. these kids nowadays. Um, I, maybe a little more guts. Um, and it just didn't seem like everybody had a problem. Maybe I'm they did. Say, they...
0: I'm, I'm tempted to say, you know, I grew up in Kemore in a two-parent, upper-middle-class family. Right. I had really the American dream childhood. Sure. Okay. Leave it to beaver was not really far from my reality. <laughs> my dad went to work, had a good job, came home. My mother stayed home. Life was good, you know, but I still remember, you know, kids, uh, you know, um, um, uh, running down from the railroad tracks and, and wanting to fight.
2: Sure. I think kids were meaner then uh-huh.
0: than they are today,
2: yeah. but I just don't think that
3: kid,
1: they're as tough. Like they're not I, as tough. I, I would. I, I get this a lot from parents about how how kids today. Why are they so stupid? And you know. Yeah, uh, I don't you know, know why. The yeah, whole society's going downhill. We're going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, and, yeah. And and I engage them in some conversation uh, to to talk about. Let's talk about some of the things that you did when you were a kid that that, <laughs> that maybe you'd be ashamed to talk to your child right. about, mm-hmm. and and. Kids throughout the ages have done stupid things. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> it's it's part of the experimentation that 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 goes on. Yeah, um, and and I think that if if uh, if they take a, that kind of a negative attitude, it's you have have kids that you know they feel like they can't do anything, right? That they're always always being criticized for everything they do and and it as opposed to parents who who have you know an, an appreciation for what it's like to be a kid yeah. and to to be doing some of that experimentation and experimentation can be dangerous for sure but uh it, when when a, a child is doing that, I, I think it's a mistake for a parent to 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 see it as a, 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 to always see it as some sort of a, a lack of judgment or you know this kid's
3: evil right. or like, yeah there's a lot less kids smoking now
1: like that, that there's
0: a that's, that is, you know like, but Jim getting back to to what you said is is. See, I, I naturally kind of want to push back on that idea. No, no, that, uh, no, that, that yeah, that's fine. You're here, Doc. And, yeah. And, and <laughs> so, let me tell you this. Maybe you can relate to this, and maybe your audience can relate to it. Is isn't it true that almost every generation? The parent is saying, "Oh, that music is just so horrible." You're,
2: that's a good point.
0: Okay, I mean, it's really for bad me, now. When though Jimmy Morrison, the <laughs> Doors, come out yeah. and start doing their stuff. Yeah, and my parents say, "You know, what's wrong with Frank Sinatra?" Right, <laughs> right. So, and it, and then now, and now it's like, how can I? I, I, I can't take pop music now. I mean, yeah. what what happened to Santana and Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young? Why, you know? I mean, you had a great generation of music, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were lucky. But what I'm saying is every generation kind of, you know, uh, uh, the older generation is thinking the younger generation is going to pot. Right. No no pun intended. Mm-hmm. And, but it's just not true. I mean, we listen to Jimmy Morrison and the Doors, you know, tell us to smoke dope. <laughs> But how many kids really did that? Maybe 1% or less. You know, 99% just listened to the music.
2: So, yeah, not to touch the earth. Nowadays, we got a, we got a song called WAP. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do wet-ass right. wet pussy. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really? They,
0: yeah. yeah. So, you see, now that the, is an indication. They're going down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I think back
1: to when I was in my bedroom. With a couple of my friends, and and uh, we had some Frank Zappa and Mothers of Invention that oh, great. <laughs> great. we were listening to, and and uh, I don't remember the song, but it it, it simulated uh, the, the the sound that a woman might make while she was having sex. <laughs> yeah, we had yeah. the stereo cranked up, and all of a sudden, my bedroom door burst open, and it was my dad, and he's, what in God's name is going on in here? Jesus Christ, turn that shit down. the devil's music. I can't believe this. And the door slams, and me and my friends were all like, yes, (laughs) this is good. Yeah, Yeah, and
3: uh, Frank Zappa never used drugs in his life, you know? You never really think of it. it. But, you know, going back to, you know, something Sinatra said, like some people get their kicks on stomping on other people's dreams too. Do you guys find that, like, with, you know?
0: Well, I suppose that happens, but I, I work more with, with kids who are stomping on their own dreams. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what it gets back to what I said. They're intro punitive. Mm-hmm. The depressed person uh, thinks negatively about themselves. They think negatively about their life situation. They think negatively about the future. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's how their brain interprets most of their their experience. And so when you're when you're trying to help a kid who's depressed, I I try to help them catch themselves with their negative interpretations, mm-hmm. okay, and then learn to debate the the their their depressed interpretation with other facts, and I teach them to be what I call a thought detective. A good detective goes out to find evidence. A good detective shouldn't arrest somebody based on just a hunch or feeling yet kids go around with a feeling that they're a jerk right Mm
3: -hmm.
2: but
0: what's the evidence that you're a jerk so i teach kids to be a thought detective and then they can so like if you're in the cafeteria and somebody gives you a look how do you interpret that right the kid who's vulnerable to depression would say yeah he doesn't like me. There's another kid who thinks I'm a jerk, mm-hmm. but there could be lots of other interpretations to why somebody gave you a look. Definitely, yeah. and you have to help kids figure out those those different ways of interpreting life, um, so that they can land in a more healthy, you know, mindset. Uh, it's like Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly, our you know our Buffalo sports icon. Was like the the icon of resilience. Jim Kelly threw an interception. He wasn't walking off the field saying, "I suck, I don't belong in the NFL." He was walking off the field saying, "That guy made a lucky play. I'll get him next time." Mm-hmm. Right. That's the difference between somebody who's resilient versus. Remember, I don't know if you go back as far as Joe Ferguson.
2: I know he is. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Everybody criticized Joe Ferguson because he threw an interception. He'd walk off the field. Yeah, his head down, yeah. yeah. So he – I don't know Joe Ferguson, but yeah. he might be the one who has this depressionogenic mindset. They take events and turn them into negatives.
2: You see that a lot. You see yeah. kids walking with their heads down a lot. You don't see chest out very uh sure of yourself one of the
0: things i like to teach kids is simple social skills how to navigate the hallway the cafeteria in school how to make eye eye contact is, is is a serious social skill right a very important social skill smiling okay pleasant voice tone Jim
3: probably deals with it all the time, getting new servers at the restaurant. You know, yeah, you don't
0: well, teach him to make eye yeah. contact, yep. have pleasant voice tone, right?
2: And just get here. <laughs> yeah, hey, be on time. Be on time, or just show up, please. Right. <laughs> no, but a lot's happened, and and then twenty months ago, you, you, is is your jobs are hard as it is. Now we're yeah. getting into COVID. And yeah. there's Hopefully depression getting out of COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's depression, and then there's COVID depression,
0: and then what? there's depression plus COVID. <laughs> yeah.
2: So that guy What are Those you? Are an
3: uptick in your business?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there has. You guys been running, yet running yet out of cards? I bet. Like,
3: yeah. it, and yeah. it was just uh, Mental Health Month and Suicide Prevention Week. Is there always like an uptick then, or is, does that work?
0: Is there <laughs> help there?
1: You know. Uh, yeah, I I don't know about well I don't know if, if there's uh
0: if there's changes in incidence rates you know post same people suicide reaching out for week you know but I, I do I can tell you uh that suicide rates in Erie County are way down are they really are significantly down and that there's a lot going on to 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 reduce suicide um, risks. Uh, there's a lot going on to teach what we call gatekeepers. Gatekeepers in, in the school might be the, the person in the cafeteria line handing out the, the hamburgers. And they hear a kid say, oh, I feel like jumping off a cliff. And then we go into schools and we train those people uh, to tune in and then know what to do.
2: Okay? Yeah, that's the hard part. Because yeah. you you hear a lot, like, hey, so-and-so said this. I'm going to tell so-and-so's dad. Sometimes dad don't believe you. Or someone goes, you know what? They were just talking. Yeah. And no, then they do it.
0: Is it. Is, uh, what you want to do is you want to find gatekeepers throughout the community, okay? There's gatekeepers all over the place.
2: So are they certain? Sur- I, I are they certified or
0: no, no. A gate, per, a, a, like in a school, like I said, it could be the cafeteria person. It could be the librarian. So they're it, just it a general name. The bus driver. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. not usually the mental health person that, right. that we're talking about as a gatekeeper, but they, 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 they make observations of a person over time. They, they hear anecdotes from the person and they get some red flags and then we train them to know what to do. So the gatekeeper in the school might go to the the school psychologist or the school social worker and say, I heard Johnny say this in line today at lunch. And so then the school has a protocol and we have what's called a warm handoff. So that gatekeeper, maybe with the school psychologist, whoever they go to, will, will bring that kid to, to the office and they'll talk to that kid and not in a you know you're in trouble way but in what can we do to help way we heard this Mm -hmm. and you can go from there you know in terms of your protocols you can have linkages with mental health you know people in the community but these these interventions have been very helpful uh just that we have to do a lot of it and you have to keep doing it Yeah,
1: yeah there there is available in the community um they're knocking on doors wanting to uh do their presentations, is mental health first aid. Do you remember who it is that is doing that? Mental I, health
0: first aid? Yeah.
1: Art, no. the, the church that I belong to, um, they had the leadership of all of the churches throughout the region come, and they had uh, they had the mental health first aid presentations. It was done, I think, in, in three mm. three half-day sessions and and it was terrific uh because it it really got people thinking about you know who who should we be concerned about and and, and um and how can we be helpful uh,
0: yeah that's a really good concept i haven't heard of that you know but we have um you know first day, every, every house probably has a first aid kit you mm-hmm. know for a cut yeah right
2: So you need you need to get inside that mate. Yeah, that that mind is uh, more important than a scrape.
0: But the uh, the person you may want to follow up on uh, is Dr. Celia Spacone, who's a a psychologist and the head of the Erie County uh, Suicide Prevention uh, Program, working out of crisis services. And I know she's a very good uh, doctor and and good person because I've been married to her for 41 years. Oh, there you go. I
2: was waiting for it.
3: Good for you. Congratulations. And
0: you also have
3: a book. Would you want to talk talk a little bit about it?
0: Yeah. Um, This is a book that came out in 2019. Um, uh, It's based on about 20 years of work that I did um, treating kids at the uh, Western New York Children's Psychiatric Center. And I developed a group for kids who were depressed um, and suicidal. And so for about 20 years, I chipped away at reading the research and developing a program for these kids. And then uh, since I retired from that position, uh, I decided to uh, put those ideas into this book. So this is a a, um, kind of a guide for therapists. To um to do what we call evidence-based treatment, which means it's it's based on really solid research, all these interventions. And um it it just addresses, you know, maybe a dozen different things you can do to help a kid who's who's depressed, anxious, or suicidal.
2: Yeah, Marky, it's CBT toolbox for depressed, anxious, and suicidal children and adolescents. Over 220 worksheets. And therapist tips to manage moods, build positive coping skills, and develop resiliency. And I think that building positive coping skills, yeah. that's a key. Be- yeah. Because one, you- of
0: the, one of the biggest coping skills is I was talking about how we interpret events in, in life and how the person who's vulnerable to depression uh, or anxiety or... I, Scott was getting to, and we started to talk about trauma, like when you were saying the person who's just had so many blows, how can they get up again? You know, yeah. dust themselves off. I like that phrase a yeah. lot, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, um, but you know, if you've had trauma in your life, how, how do how do you how do you how do you cope? I mean, life is stressful. Just because life is stressful, right? Yeah, life ain't easy. No, but if if you've been raised uh, by a drug-addicted parent, a verbally or physically abusive parent, or you've been sexually abused, you know, imagine how the normal stresses in life can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so the one of the biggest coping skills I, I like to, to work on is how do we interpret events and how do we catch ourselves from all these negative interpretations? Because that's what we do when we're stressed out. We all get stressed out, right? Oh, yeah. And and when you're stressed out, what your mind is doing is it's usually retracing all the things that happened, but you're usually thinking about how terrible it is. Right. And the thing we want to do is be able to step back, calm our mind through what we call mindfulness practices. Um, And once we can calm our minds, then we can do maybe a more rational interpretation of our bad day and we can dust ourselves off and get back in the box
2: yeah you gotta dust yourself off i mean that that's a trait that you either have or don't i think i don't know i don't know anybody that's
0: i i think there's resilient people who are natural like i said jim kelly yeah yeah that's what but you can teach resilience okay You, you definitely can teach it you know if you strike out there's nothing worse than strike. I remember when I was a kid, you're the only one up there. Everybody's watching you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you strike out and you feel like a smuck. Yeah. How do you dust yourself off and get up there the next time? You well, go you to gotta, batting cages. you got to go to the batting <laughs> you cage. But you, but you also <laughs> have to have a mindset that it's not the end of the world that I struck out. Exactly. Or why go to the batting cage? Right. So I think it starts with the mindset. Do
2: and the guy that owns the uh the bookstore that runs it, Tom McDonald who's been great to us he uh he wanted me to ask should there be a universal symbol that you need help do you know what i mean by that like there there there's a pin or there's a he, he he told me it's something like this there's a there's sign language uh something that comes back from sign languages that you can identify with somebody. I
0: teach kids to have a secret signal that they need help. Yes. Just because if you're in class. Yes. And everybody knows the signal because it's universal.
2: So you think we, we,
0: we're still fighting stigma, right? Right. I, 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 I'm more, you know, teaching silent signals, um, maybe in a family, There's more tolerance for that. You could you could have that. Yeah. But I don't know how you do a universal. Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting thought. I haven't thought about it.
2: I I mean I don't I don't mean. uh, Let's say this: I'm in line at the bank, and this guy is giving is taking forever in front of me, and he's asking (laughs) the dumbest questions. Happened today. (laughs) (laughs) And, And. I, I've really been trying to be a better person and not snap it. Listen, come on. Today, will you? You know, I'm trying not to do that anymore. But I don't know if they – I don't want to say, like, if they had a pin or something, maybe I would know them. You need to give this guy a break. I don't know. Or maybe I should just do that to everybody. Well, I, I, <laughs> Just give everybody a break. I don't know what, but we we need some universal signal that, you, you know, some people you could tell that they, they're having – a some problems
3: yeah like alcohol drugs sometimes you wear it you know other like suicide i don't think you wear that very much yeah you know no No.
2: and that that's that's a tough part you don't know who's having
0: a bad day universal signal because that that could breed a lot of stigma inadvertently is see what you did in line today is you practiced empathy yeah so i think if we taught empathy Uh, how about we teach empathy in grade school yeah you know and and you can teach empathy um i'm not saying anything but i have another book coming out in march and i have a lesson about how to teach empathy and uh, i give scenarios and i ask the kid how do you think that kid's feeling what do you think that kid's perception is from his point of view? You know, so maybe if we taught people to be empathic in line, yeah. Oh, boy,
2: I I almost had to go to the uh, mercy to get stitches because I was biting my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> but you, got, you don't know what you don't know what everybody's going through, Scott. That's... And, and that's something that you really got to. Put into your mind when you're about to have not an episode, but uh, you know you're having a bad day, and you can't take it out on them because you don't know what what this guy's going
1: through. That's that's so true, and it, something that my work has taught me over the years is that you have no idea, no what idea, people are dealing with until you can sit down and and listen. Uh, I think that was one of the the best outcomes from our church doing the mental health awareness training, and we're we're going to do it again as a region because uh people who are participating would you know share share comments about oh man i was so frustrated with this person and you know i thought they were just being a pain in the butt but now i realize that this could be going on and Mm -hmm. um help to uh Help to reduce the stigma of, of mental health issues,
2: and that's a big thing. That's so anything that people that I've can
1: to, can say, "I've yeah, been unlike, depressed," or yeah. "I have been having suicidal thoughts," and and not be afraid that they'll be castigated for
0: yeah. coming forward. Yeah. So I, I I agree with that completely. You know we we can teach in in our in our houses of worship. We can teach in our family. We can teach in our schools how to be an empathic culture. And, and we can f- recognize signs that someone's struggling, and we can be a good parent. We can be a good friend. We can be a good educator, and we can nudge that person towards some help. But you know what we also need? We need, on the macro level, a system that is going to respond to the person who needs and wants some help. We need healthcare in America. We need yeah. tremendous healthcare reform in this country. We've got people with five thousand dollar deductibles. Lots of people with five thousand dollar deductibles. You know, who are barely making ends meet. That's why they took that plan because it's less money for them every month. But they got to go through five thousand dollars before their insurance kicks in. And how are they going to come and see me and Scott when they got a $5,000 deductible staring at them?
2: And that's part of the problem. Somebody, a lot of people don't have health insurance and Big they need to the talk problem. to somebody.
0: Big part of the problem.
2: Yeah, and I, I think we should use not only churches but community rec centers, uh, area coaches, and, and get this message out that you can come and talk. And, this is, and here is... You know Scott and Doctor Dave. They're gonna they're gonna show us how to deal with these these things. That's not happening enough. Yeah,
1: I, I think there are lots of lots of resources available. People that would be willing to to help. Uh, it's the Mental Health Association that's doing the Mental Health First Aid, and I don't think there's any cost at all if if the uh, uh, hockey program wanted to have the coaches. Go through a day-long workshop to to be aware of what's going on with the kids, mm-hmm. or if someone were to call uh, Western New York Psychotherapies and ask Joe Zanoni, you know, do you have anybody that would be willing to come and, and talk to us for a couple hours? Yeah, uh, I think you know, most I, I of think us it's are in idea. this in this field because it it matters to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and yeah. we we. That. want to make a difference and we'd like to be helpful for wherever we can yeah and um, i think
3: that some people say they don't have time and uh then if you say hey let me see your screen time let me <laughs> see, let me see your phone real quick you know yeah. they'll be like ah, how'd you read that book it's like i just read it you know it's like you know people are on the phone seven eight yeah. hours a day you yeah. don't have time to go right chit chat i mean but that's but, but i mean i do want uh to you guys to agree with me for so my wife can uh Do you guys think reality TV is uh, terrible for for people? (laughs) I'll tell you. I I don't know
0: anything from a scientific perspective, but I, I never have watched an entire reality TV show. Yeah, Never. It's, it's, it's painful. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, they say gossip is the lowest form of conversation, you know. Well actually there's
0: research that shows that that gossip <laughs> well, is all saying, that bad. But you were really? saying it
3: yourself, you know, you hear hear the kids yeah. say whatever. Hey, this guy's saying that. Like that's what I was trying well, to do. Yeah. Well is is
0: um, um 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 I can't think of the book, but I've I've read the book. But they talk about this in, in the in the his you know, history of, of humans, there's always been gossip. And, um, you know, people need a place to go to kind of, you know, vent, you know, and gossip. And so there's a a positive aspect of that as as long as it doesn't, you know. Well, I
3: think that also that helps, like, when you see the gossip magazine and they're, like, torching the rich people, you know. Somebody (laughs) like, yeah, get them. Pick it up and read it. Uh, Right. Some some forms. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But... um, I I don't remember my I grew up in the family where there was no TV at on a school night. so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's library. So I don't get into reality TV too much, but there's probably some. But you do some... agree. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it, it's it's getting too much. Where I I mean, you know, you looked up to guys like JFK when you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah, and these kids are looking up to a, a, a little Kardashian now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? that, that is scary. That is scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, it, I, George Carlin once says, "I'll pick my idols for myself." Thank you very much. I'll pick my what? I'll pick I'll pick my role models idols. and my idols, idols by myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't need a, a screen telling yeah. me. And yeah. that, that's something that I think kids are getting involved with too. Kids, I we were talking to a friend of ours today that said, you know. My my kid knows what this means and that we didn't know what any of that. Oh, well, no.
0: S- Scott may may know this better than I, but we've always had false gods. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and we, so we have to teach our kids, you know, to recognize a false god. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not Kim Kardashian. <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, those little Kardashians will <laughs> <look> get <at> you. <laughs> that brought up something we were discussing the other day. They, the the. Uh, the whole phenomenon of the social influencers oh yeah that people are actually getting paid to go on social media to promote bizarre whatever products or um,
2: we're just uh, trying we're trying to get the mayor to talk to us (laughs) (laughs) well
1: (laughs) maybe after the election yeah (laughs) maybe that's what they yeah
2: and
0: there are people who are paid to write negative reviews Yep. right it's, the world's yeah. crazy it, it's a scary it's Some scary people notion, get their you know? kicks stomping on a dream um, yeah. so you have to have your eyes wide open out there um you have to take in information you have to be able to sort it out and distill it and figure it out and that's what counseling is a lot about yeah. is helping people distill life you know um and not just distill it in, in their routine way distill it with a little you know you know, shake up so they can maybe see it a little differently.
2: Scott, what are, what are politics doing to people these days? They're making them go batshit crazy. Am uh, I right?
1: Well, speaking personally, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, I, you've never seen anything like it. I, I've always uh, took an interest in politics. I was born in the Carter administration. So I've been around in year in and year out. I've gotten more interested. I've
3: always watched the debate. But now this has reached heights that like are we ever going to be able to come back from this shit? We are always taught, don't talk about religion and politics. Treat every place like it's the bar, you know? Yeah. But, that's but now that's now out the like window. Like, yeah. You could not like somebody and probably not even have seen them in the last two years,
1: but you're like, they are just,
3: you know? You're like, oh, boy.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's sad that it's uh, it's really divided people the, the way that it has. Yeah. Um, you know, it used to be that if, you know, Uncle Joe was a raging member of the other party, we could tolerate him a little bit. But nowadays, those kinds of differences just... it.
2: Joe's not even people, invited to barbecue anymore. People,
1: that's yeah. right. People have cut each other off. Yeah.
2: And you know? it, what can we do to pre- prevent this? Well, I mean, obviously, we got to tune in and be better to each well, other. Tune I, out.
1: I think that... He, Yes, a lot of it has to do with people being too tuned in. That they're spending a lot of time watching national news or taking in their news from sources that uh, present a bias with a lot of strength and uh, in, in a convincing way. Um, and and I, I'm seeing a lot of clients who are very upset and concerned about the future. Who really believe that the the Covid uh, is it's some sort of uh, uh, a scam that uh, that yeah. Hillary Clinton came up with to try and unseat Donald Trump, um, and and so won't have anything to do with vaccination or masking or mm-hmm. or taking care of themselves. Uh, but but one of the first things I I try and get them to do is to to reduce the amount of time that they're spending watching television or going online to to look at these inflammatory news sources mm-hmm. uh, on both sides. Yes, yes, on both sides. And, and there's just too much. It is. Like remember
2: when you you would the, the big story that would come out on the news is that there was a police chase in LA. <laughs> I mean, now it's every fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, but that was like the big news, and then there was a lot of fluff pieces, and everybody was getting along. The country was flourishing, and okay, we've had we would have talk a little about what our troops are doing here and there, and then here's Jim with the weather.
1: <laughs> well,
2: that ain't happening anymore, no. and it's making people go crazy. And what I've seen is, like, Iowa. I've been saying COVID, COVID changed a lot of people. Well, the politics
1: is changing people even. more yeah. On top of that, you guys are going to be busy for years. Well, what what I think is required for people uh, who who are obsessed with politics is is to really begin to reflect about what does it mean for me today in my life. Yeah, Dave was yeah. talking about having a mindful attitude. You know, it, it really doesn't matter who sits in the White House. When I have my family to take care of, I have a job to go to, um, and, and I'm not saying that there shouldn't be activism, but, but life my, goes on. Uh, life goes on. My happiness yeah. depends on what I do day in, day out, not what's going on in national politics. And I, ca- I, can, I can change what I do, I can't change that easily what's going on on a national level or what's going on politically in the country
3: and probably us for uh you know kids sake watching what we say about everything going on i remember i was at uh clifton hill with my daughter and um we walked past the wax museum and my wife goes oh there's donald trump and my daughter looks and she goes i thought you said donald trump was a pig you know <laughs> <laughs> well we yeah,
1: got to watch, watch what we you know? say oh, about yes. a lot of yeah. things too well yeah. we
0: have to be good role models for our kids right. you know yeah. so if if we just reflect these you know kind of awful um, perspectives and stereotypes we're not doing our kids any favor
2: and speaking That's of true. the kids we, we touched on COVID earlier what what is the impact having with the 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 in the the, the Zoom uh, school and oh. uh, how long is this well, gonna take? In
0: <laughs> well, I think it was uh, it was a lost year of education for a lot a lot of kids. There's rare there's a rare exception to that. Yeah. You know, there's some kids who who love school and there's some kids who love learning, and they they could learn at home almost as easily as they could learn at school. But that, that's a small percentage. It's maybe 10% of the kids. Mm-hmm. Most kids need structure. You know, they, they need a, a routine. They need a schedule. They need a teacher to say it's time to do your math, get out your math book. They need monitoring. They need feedback on how they're doing. You know, they need homework. And COVID just made all of that extremely hard. OK, uh, kids could just walk away from the Zoom instruction without any accountability. You know, homework assignments were all messed up because schools had to figure out the the IT, you know, mishigash on how to do all that. Um, and so homework and, and, and instructions just got chaotic um, for very good part i think it got better as they as they went along but there was a lot of trial and error and kids who need structure just couldn't do well in that situation
2: how long are we going to see those effects because you got to look at it some of these kids dropped out of high school and i've been saying lately i we are just screwed as a nation i say it a lot we're just screwed as a nation no one wants to work hard no one wants to go to school Go to bed on time and things like that. Yeah, obviously, you could tell I was brought up old school.
0: Yeah. Well, now you're saying you know that um, Frank Sinatra was a lot better than that, than Jimmy Morrison and the Doors. I, I know I'm like that, but it's... but um, so I don't know if it's as bad as that. Okay. Um, but it was definitely a serious speed bump.
2: I asked four kids that way. that worked for us who the vice president was. Yeah. And they didn't know.
0: Okay. Spiro Agnew, Vice President Agnew. That <laughs>
2: I, she cackles like me a little bit. but
0: One of the ways to look at this from an optimistic perspective, <laughs> so we don't go down the tube and think we lost a whole generation because of, of, of one, uh, one and a half years or so, is um, how much uh, do you remember from your uh, seventh grade curriculum? Could you tell me what what history you you read in seventh grade, what your math was in seventh grade, how to conjugate a sentence, you know?
2: Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: So, I mean, I don't want to dilute that this was a serious problem, but I also want to highlight that a lot of the things we learn in school, we don't necessarily need, (laughs) you know? Um, as a matter of fact, when I started my PhD program, the first professor said, "By the time you get your doctorate, almost everything that you've learned will be obsolete." Yeah, it's so true. So we we lost a year and a half. We got to change that. Why don't
2: they change that though? What do you they mean? Sh- maybe maybe taking this opportunity to to change that and say, let's start teaching these kids social uh how to deal with social problems how to wow. how to do this we like should. you said like uh the gatekeepers let's have more of that we Not should have goddamn... social
0: skills training yes. curricula in school yeah teach kids how to be a have...
2: plumber in high school we
0: we are very focused on academic achievement yeah um and um you know i mean they want to cut out gym they want to cut out music i mean well i grew up there wasn't music but right you know um They want kids to get high achievement test scores. Uh, And, you know, to a certain extent, that's a mistake. It
1: breaks my heart to see schools where they're taking out the arts and music. Uh, For my own kids, that was... That was what kept them interested and kept them going in school. And yeah you know, we might need I think more one of the reasons they're successful now. Is yeah.
0: I was very fortunate because I just had a brain that liked to, to read and, and, and write. and I, I had a, a temperament I could sit at a desk and do work. But a, va- a good chunk of kids, if not the majority, of kids are not like that. And there's a lot of kids that are right- brain kids. They're artistic, they're musical, they're mm-hmm. creative. They don't want to sit there and read a book and do long division. Mm
2: -hmm. That was me.
0: Yeah. That's antithetical to how they think and who they are. And that does not mean that they're not a capable person. Let's let's get
1: together after work and uh, do some long division, Dave.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was good at long division. (laughs) Now, calculus was a little different story. but, But... you know, we we, we should have an education system that works for for different brains. Absolutely. But we, we don't. We really struggle at yeah. that.
3: So I mean what we're trying to get to the bottom of the whole day is like there's a silver lining in getting help.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. People can change.
0: Oh yeah. People can change. Yeah. Right. Um uh, they they often don't maybe have radical change. I've seen some people make some radical change, but you know just just some some corrections to get them out of something very dire. You know, so modest changes are significant. Um, but um,
1: I I do think about my favorite red green moment. Uh, the Canadian, uh, I guess he's a humorist or comic. I don't know. But the, the, the Red Green Show. Yeah, um, CBC, I remember. Yeah, 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 great, great, great program. But they had the, the men's group uh, where this ragtag bunch of guys would get together in this Quonset hut uh, to discuss men's issues and the difficulty of being male. <laughs> and they'd open up with the man's prayer, which was, Dear God, I'm just a man, but I can change if I want to I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and another
0: thing you know be curious oh absolutely. not judgmental
2: curious be, be curious is what I what I keep hearing too
0: well I'll tell you um, uh, uh, that is a key for my um, my uh, my work okay is the last thing you want is a therapist to be judgmental, correct? Um, so I temper my natural judgmentalness by being curious. Help me understand how you see things, so, because, and so it turns out you do what you do. Tell me your story and that is so therapeutic i found that to be so therapeutic is and, and i mentioned it in, in my book is you have to be curious and understand the person
1: yeah. well that that attitude just in life in general is such a healthy one mm-hmm. it keeps me from making decisions that things are a certain way and it's awful or uh, keeps me interested in the world and what's going on and, and hopeful
2: yeah I, I think we we end on that um be curious don't be judgmental and reach out and talk to people like you said you could call crisis services you, you there's many things that we talked about today that we we hope that we help people that need to talk to people and um we do this to all the guests uh David Dr. David Pratt Scott G you guys are now licensed to talk. Thank you. Thank you thank very thank much. Thank you
0: very much for having us. It's been a pleasure. And, thank you. Uh, yeah, and carry on with what you're doing. Keep it. this conversation going. Yeah,
2: we're going to, and uh, we will spread. You, you know, everything that you guys do. You guys need a, anybody that in this field get a hold. Of these guys are very nice guys. Thank yeah. you, guys. Yeah,
3: just be grateful, right? You know, be grateful. Yeah. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys.